Water's fine. And please silence your cell phones. Let's not have any mishaps, please. Thank you. Thanks, Jesse. Take it away. You're not done yet. What did I miss? Uh, oh, you know what? Did you say the, water is fine? Huh? You said it's okay for them to bring water in here? Yeah, they can have water in here. Is that something new? That's not new. Why you said that? Because they can spill water, too. I know, but we've always allowed water. Oh, you have? Yes. Amazing. <laughs> um, this is not a request. This is, in fact, an order. Please, if you could come up to the front so you could leave the back for those that come in later. That is an order. <laughs> That's an order. Thank you. <laughs> the anchor baby. So since you didn't watch the whole thing, how do you know what you're thinking is real? Oh, so you still didn't watch the whole thing, though. Welcome to church. I am Jesse Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by going to our chat line on YouTube and hate whatever your questions or comments are. Hate will give them to me accordingly. All right. Thank you so much. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. How's everybody? Amazing. Amazing. That's right. Um, so before I get into your questions and comments, I was reading this little magazine the other day. And I've been saying for a while that Christianity is under attack. And it really, really is. Like no other religion that I'm aware of. Zero. Christianity is more under um, attack than Judaism, Allah Abbaism, um, Catholicism, whatever other kind of religion out there. Buddha. Buddha is a religion, right? Is Buddha religion? Buddhism. Yeah. Buddhism. 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 And then I wonder, <laughs> I wonder why, I wonder why that is happening. Because I noticed with uh, Judaism and other religion, if that religion is attacked, there's a lot of media cover about it. They pass laws or, or they try to ban you or something to keep you from attacking any other religion. But with Christianity, nothing is said. The media attack Christians. Uh, Christians attack Christians. Allah, Allah, everybody attack Christians. Have y'all noticed that? Yeah. That there's nothing really said about Christianity being attacked. But you say one thing about any other religion, they hold press conferences, they pass laws, they really go after you. And so I've been wondering how long have Christianity been under attack? And so I was reading this magazine the other day, and it talked about uh, how Jesus Christ, when Jesus was walking the earth, one of the things he did, probably one of his greatest uh, uh, miracles, thank you, is that he healed Lazarus, brought him from the dead. Are you guys familiar with that story? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He brought him from the dead, 
But what happened, so Martha, uh, his sister, came, went and got Jesus and said, you know what, he did. Lazarus did. And then she like, come, and he did. So he went there and uh, Jesus, Jesus was going to heal this guy, bring him from the dead. And Martha said, well, it's too late now. It's been four days since he was dead. And then she's like, he, he smelled now. His body stinks. Isn't that amazing, Sherry? Mm-hmm. And so, and, and Jesus said to uh, Martha, if you have faith, and I'm paraphrasing, if you have faith, you can do the same thing. You can heal. I mean, you can bring this guy from the dead, but she didn't have the faith. Can you imagine having that kind of faith? And so he, he yelled out for this guy to come out of the grave, and he did. He rose from the grave. And it was amazing work. The people, the Jewish people who saw it, some of them were healed. They believed in Jesus and they were healed. They believed what they saw. But then others went and told the Pharisees and the so-called leaders of that day what Jesus had done. Oh, I saw this. Jesus, he healed. He brought this man from the dead. The authority figures and others, they told them that. And Instead of the authority figures appreciating that, they gathered together a meeting, all the rich people, the Pharisees, and the leaders of that time. And they, they got together, they're like, wow, he did that? What are we doing? We haven't done anything, you know? And so instead of learning from Jesus, they plotted to kill Jesus. The authority did, the leaders of that time did. And I realized that's the same thing, that's ha- and this article talk about it too. It's the same thing that's happening right now. So Christianity has been under attack since Jesus was here. It's nothing new. It's just not dealt with today in the way that it was then. And Christianity is the best religion on this side of heaven because it heals the sick. It heals you from your fallen state. It really, really does. And um, it was asked, why did, uh, why did these people want to kill Jesus? And it said, because the darkness hate the light. And the darkness want to destroy the light. That's exactly what's happening in the world today. The so-called leaders and the media and others, they hate the light. And they want to destroy you before you are able to get away and promote Christianity, promote love. And we're like, that's a fascinating story because it's exactly what's happening today. Except that most people are so weak, they're not really seeking to overcome the fallen state, and they're so weak, they don't understand what's going on. Um, can you pull John 13, I mean 3, 19 and 20 for me? You have your Bible? Uh, but you don't have the word. And then uh, no, I want you to pull John eleven thirty nine to forty, and this this says the whole thing, folks. And you pull John three nineteen twenty through twenty, and it talks about that. We are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. It's there in us, but you just don't know it. 
you really don't know. You have power that you don't realize you have, but you're so accustomed to reacting and doing what the world does that you don't know what you have. You said John 11, 39, 40? Yes. You want me to read it? Yeah, I want you to read John 11, 39, 40. And, Alexa, can you read same chapter? I mean, John 11, 43 to 48. It talks about this. It's so deep. Do y'all ever pick up the Bible? Okay. It's okay to read the Bible, not to remember. Just read it, but not to remember. That makes sense? I want you to read uh, John 11, 43 to 48. You have it? I have it, yes. Okay, go ahead. Um, Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Amazing, huh? Yes, ma'am. Forty three to forty eight. Okay, and it says, and when he had and when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And he face was and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had the things which Jesus did, believed on him. But some of them went their ways, and the Pharisees, and to the Pharisees, and to the Pharisees, and them, and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chiefs priests and the Pharisees a council, and said, "What do we? For this man doth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation." That's what they're doing today. They're worried about their power and their wealth. They don't care about you. They don't care about anything. And they are not threatened by any other religion because no other religion talk about the power we really have. No other religion. If Christianity was, was really what it should be in America today, there would be no, no slaves, no nothing. They would have no authority because the darkness cannot defeat the light. It's just that you don't know it because I guess your parents didn't tell you. You haven't really heard about it in the churches and things. But in all of the Western countries where Christianity was, uh, you know, powerful, they made great countries as a result of that, they're gone now. I mean, look at England and all those places. It hardly exists at all over there. And the exact same thing is happening here while the Christians are running in fear. Absolute running in fear. A lot of people are afraid to even say that they are Christian today. Oh, I'm spiritual. What is spiritual? And you ask, well, what is spiritual? They have no idea what that is because they are afraid to even say that they are Christian. Isn't that amazing? America is being defeated, and it doesn't have to happen that way. It just, it's, it's insane. Can you read uh, 
about the light and the darkness in 3, 19 through 20. Real quick, I just want to say something about what you just said. Yeah. If you notice, there's a cycle that happens with uh, countries adopting either Christian principles or outright Christians, and then they build, and then they lose sight of those principles or yeah. add other gods to their society, and then they decline and they get destroyed. Yeah. And then a younger nation who are really on fire about God and truth, they are usually in slavery or poverty. And then they escape that, and then they grow great nations, and the cycle continues. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. So um, I wanted to read a little bit of the verse before as well because it gives some context. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him already has been judged for not believing in God's only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but the people loved the darkness more than the light because their actions were evil. And all who do evil hate the light, and they refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right comes into the light, so that others can see what they're doing and what God wants. Yeah. The darkness hate the light. And you're going to see once you truly wake up, spiritually, not intellectually, but spiritually, watch how your family members are going to hate you. They'll, have, they'll let you come around, but they ain't going to play with you. <laughs> you will feel like an outcast because they'll make you that way without even saying it. They're going to hate the light. And it's not you, so when that does happen to you, just know it's not you they hate. And so don't argue with them, don't fight with them, because they literally cannot see what they're doing. But you, if you, you can be free already. Really, it doesn't take but a second, but most people don't know it. You can stop being a slave if you want to. And there's nothing new that's happening right now that hasn't been happening since Jesus Christ's days. The authority figure want to control you. They want authority over you. Not because they love you, but because the same insecurity you're feeling, they're feeling it too. And they think the more they can get control over someone else, that they're going to feel better, and they won't. And the more power you give them over you, the more they'll take until they eventually destroy you. Because they're not going to feel better. The only way to get better, you've got to overcome the darkness. You've got to get on that path and stay there. It has to be personal to you. You have to stay there. So Christianity is under attack. And don't expect the politicians to help you, Republicans or Democrats. or in, This is why you shouldn't put anyone over you so that your help will only come from God. That's where true help comes from, is from God. So you got to, and I'll tell you that in a minute, but only help come from God. Any questions about that? That makes sense? Oh, good. So it's going to get worse before it gets better. They're not going to stop until they destroy every Christian. They're not worried about the little lukewarm Christians. You know, they know that those people are already defeated. They have fear, they have doubt. You could draw them in no matter what happened, they're gone, right? But the real ones who stand and stand, 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 you're going to have to go through a lot. But there'll be so much you're going to learn about you if you allow yourself to go through it, all right? So stop arguing, stop fighting, let it happen. Um, so I want to get into the uh, biblical, if anybody have any questions about anything? Okay, 
Any first timers? Oh, okay, nice. What's your name and how do you hear about us? Um, my name is Alex. Oh, thank you. My name is Alex. Um, I'm from Florida. Oh, hey, so Alex. I'm here for the here for the summer. Nice. Um, and my good friend Donovan here, he's a big fan. He listens online, so he's right. like, we have to go. We have to sit. So Have you heard doing. the show at all? I have not. Oh, you have no idea what it's about? No. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> well, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Good. Uh, hey, Donovan, right? Yeah, I'm Donovan. Hi. And I saw you in the Savage Moments, and there was oh, really nice. and stuff. So I, while I was out here, I had to come see you. <laughs> nice. Well, welcome. Have you gone and forgiven? Uh, I'm in the process, maybe. And so have you gone and forgiven? <laughs> um... Probably no. I'll say no. Because, yeah, I know you want a yes or no. (laughs) When you say probably no, you might have done it and don't remember or what? (laughs) I asked people, people, how old are you? I was talking to one guy today. I asked him how old was he. And he said, I'm going to be 49, I think he said. I said, but how old are you? (laughs) (laughs) I noticed that when you ask people how old are you, they tell you what they got to be. Have you ever noticed that? The old and the young. I used to think young people did it because they want to appear older. But old people do it. They're already old. I'm going to be. How old are you now? You know what I mean? But go ahead. So have you done it or not? I think and, that, and it's not well, a pressure test. It's no, just a fellowship. So I know. I, I think that me and my dad are becoming closer because I wasn't close to him younger. So now that we're becoming closer, I think I'm forgiving him, if that makes sense. You think you what? That I'm forgiving him because I wasn't close to him when I was young. And right. recently I've become, I've kind of become more close to him. So, And so why haven't you talked to him about that? Mm, it's probably a difficult conversation, <laughs> perhaps. It's a difficult? But what do you mean? It's probably a, it'd be a strange conversation. In what way? Because it'd be awkward, probably. Oh, I see. Yeah. And so how do you know what's going to happen? I don't for sure, I guess. I'm guessing. So. You're guessing? I could be wrong. Yeah. Why are you listening to the devil? <laughs> I should not. Right. Yeah. And why are you doing it? Because you know that's not you telling you, oh, right. it's going to be a hard moment. Don't do it. You guys are getting close now. You know someone is talking you, something is talking you out of that, right? Right. I guess so, yeah. I never thought of it like that, but perhaps, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what's happening. Okay. Have you forgiven your mother? Yeah. You went to her? Not in per- but I feel like, I don't feel like I have a lot of problems <laughs> with my mother. <laughs> but perhaps I need to do that too. So what? I'll, I'll work on it when I get back. I'll do it. I can't hear you. I'll, I'll work on it when I get back. <laughs> <laughs> and so why haven't you done it? Uh, I probably haven't. Well, first of all, I haven't lived near them in a while, so... I've probably not, I should do it. I should put it, make it a priority. Right, but why haven't you done it? With your because mother? I see them kind of rarely, so when I see them, I want it to be like a nice, you know, we have a nice, pleasant time, so I feel like you that be could nice? make it. Well, I try to be, I guess. I don't know. So what? I try to be nice to my parents, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do my, I think I do. Which one, you would rather be nice or be right? I guess be right. So why don't you... Overcome because niceness is a weakness. Is it? If you ever get married, your wife going to beat you up with your niceness. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> I'll stop. 
to what? <laughs> I said, I'll stop then, I guess. I'll be ready. Yeah. And so <laughs> why haven't you told your mother? You want to be nice? I guess. Amazing. And you've heard <laughs> me talk about forgiveness, right? A little bit. A, a little, little bit. bit. Maybe I haven't enough. How will you ever have the power and authority of God working through you if you don't forgive? Yeah, you can't. You can't, right? Right. And so if you want it, why don't you put that first and, and forgive? I should. I yeah. definitely. I'm not making a priority. And it will be the hardest thing you ever have to do. Once you do that, it starts to become easier. I see. Because you overcome the anger. And once you overcome the anger, love will conquer all. It really will. Okay. Yeah. Go face your mother, man. What the? All right. And don't <laughs> will, let the devil talk you out of it. Okay. That's not, is that you telling you all this stuff? I feel like I think it is, but maybe it's not. And why do you think it is? I mean, usually when you get your own thoughts, you think it's your thoughts, but maybe. I know you, you say it differently. Right. Would yeah. you ever tell yourself to be weak? No. <laughs> Would you ever tell yourself to be nice? Maybe, but maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I All right. recommend you do it. Do okay. it you want, of course, but I recommend it. Oh, thank you. I All appreciate right. it. All right. Hello. My hey, name what's your name? Spencer. Spencer, welcome. You from Florida as well? I am. I'm from South Florida. Nice. And um, have you listened to the show? No, I have not. This you is know, a, so a first-time no experience. I'm sorry? This is a first-time experience. Really? Yes. And so... Um, have you, so you don't know what this is about either, right? No. Oh, okay. Well, welcome, man. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. You have anger? I wouldn't say I don't. You don't have anger? I don't have anger. So you never get angry? No, not really. No. How did you avoid becoming angry? I became content with myself. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't want to let anything bother me because I knew that I was always going to be good. Oh, amazing. Well, welcome aboard, man. Thank you. Nice. Glad to be here. And you, I'm glad you're here. Uh, so I want to get into the biblical question for this week. All right? Um, except for with the ladies for right now. Did you talk to your husband about our meeting Thursday night? Not really. You didn't tell him about the biblical question? Oh, okay. All right. Uh, we talked about the biblical question on Thursday night. Normally I don't do that in the women's form or the men's form. But it was, it was needed. And so we talked about it. Uh, the biblical question for this week, um, do you know what it is? Uh, I remember, I don't remember it right now. I, I, uh, no, I don't. You don't. Uh, how about behind you? Do you know what the biblical question is? Uh, I, I can't hear you. I haven't heard it. On the mic, I can't hear you. Oh, um, you no. haven't heard the biblical question. I have not. No. Oh, okay. Uh, do you know what the biblical question is for the week? Uh, I don't know if I'm up to date. I'm sorry. I don't know. Take the mic. I don't know if I'm up to date. Oh, okay. That's amazing. I had it in the beginning. Do you know what the biblical question is? And, and what is it? Are you a slave to your thoughts? Nice. Are you a slave to your thoughts? Isn't that amazing? Are you a slave to your thoughts? No, I'm not. And why do you say, no, you're not? I'm not a slave to my thoughts because I don't feed them anymore. What is, how would a person know if they were a slave to their thoughts? You act on your thoughts and hold a specific outcome to whatever it is you're thinking about. Give me an example. 
Um, for example, let's see. And so this is, you don't get an A or F here. This is just fellowship, right? So don't try to pass a test. Okay. You want to know that you know that you know. Can so, you give me an example of being a slave to your thoughts? Um, I know I've experienced it, but nothing's coming to mind right now. Um, say you have specific answers for a job interview. Instead of allowing the answers to flow in the moment, you, you're building yourself up. You're trying to present yourself in a specific way so that you sound better than what you actually could sound. I, I'm having a hard time. Like, oh, okay. So how do you know you're not a slave then? I, just, I don't give in to my thoughts anymore. Which thought you don't give in to? In All of them. All of them? You give it to none? None, except my practical thoughts. Amazing. Are you a slave to your thoughts? Uh, I would say yes. And give me an example of being a slave to thoughts. Mm, thoughts. I didn't, I didn't smoke on this one yet, but... Uh, you didn't smoke on it yet? <laughs> not yet. But... Uh, you got and ladies, you got to start paying attention to yourself. You're not going to grow until you until you can see what's going on with you. And you don't have to do it. You know, you can suffer and die, but if you want to overcome, you got to pay attention to what's happening in here. So, a couple, I think it was like five months ago, I told someone I'd kind of just converted. You know, became Christian, born again. Speak up a little bit. Into the mic. I think it was like five months ago when I converted, and uh, okay, it was about five months ago, and I told a friend, and then she was like, "Oh, I'm Christian too." She's like, "Isn't it exhausting?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, "Honestly, yeah," because I was just like, once it started, it was just this constant like reading and researching, and I was just like kind of swept away by it. And, like, I had no control, and it was like almost like labor. So when you first became a Christian, you did a lot of research and reading and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, that would be exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I'm just like that. You know, like, once I get onto something, it's, it's almost like it's work. Yeah. Are you still doing that? Yeah, that's how I've always been. I'm trying to kind of pull back, but that's, you know, that's, that's kind of how I've always been. So it has always been that way. So it's, it's hard to stop being so into research and reading. Yeah. What do you think will happen if you stopped? I would miss out on, like, knowledge. You would miss out on knowledge? Yeah. So is that helping you? Uh, not really. I'm sorry? Like... Are you able to speak up this a little bit? <clears throat> Sorry. When I, okay. when I, I mean, there's like practical knowledge, like you say. Right. That stuff helps me. Like with work, right. I, I need to know more about what I do. But aside from that, it's all just almost like a hobby, like learning more in a way. I, I don't know. It's just almost like entertains me. Um, 
Nick has a scripture he got to read a little later about knowledge, all right? Okay. And so, like, I'm sorry, is it helping you? And I'm not talking about practical knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. But is it helping you to know all that other stuff to just really dig into it? Yeah, I would say things I learn help me. In what way? They help me make decisions. Spiritual decisions? Um, I don't know. When you say it helped you make decisions, what do you mean? And just relax. No. It's okay. You could be wrong. Or you could be right. And, and I just want to encourage you to stay on that path. In what way is it helping you? I really don't know. I'm sorry? Maybe it's just like I'm feeding my ego when I do that. But so in what way is it helping you? I, I kind of just like, I feel like I have to know, <laughs> you know? Okay. So it like satisfies that need. And so reading and researching and being so exhausted, yeah. it helps you. You feel like you got, what would happen if you didn't do it? What do you think would happen to you? Talk about being a slave to thought, huh? <laughs> I don't know. What don't do you know. think would happen to you if you didn't do it? If you weren't so desperate like that? Uh, I really, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know what would happen to me if I stopped. I mean, I would probably just do something else and wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't have a problem. Have you ever tried to resist being so desperate like that? Yeah. Have you, you have tried? You're like, wow, this is crazy. I'm too desperate here. And what happened? You say, yeah, you tried not to do it? Yeah, I mean, I take breaks, but I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, I'm lost on this one. You what? I'm lost on this. On, on what? Just, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> what does what does uh, we laughing with you not no, at no, you yeah. it's fine. with some of us <laughs> and so you don't know what you're saying that's right <laughs> amazing and what does it feel like not to know what you're saying? Feels good. It feels what? Feels good. To not know what you're saying? Yeah, because I don't have to worry about it. That's right. <laughs> so now go back and tell your other Christian friend she needs to sit down too. Yeah, true. It's interesting though. I do understand what you're saying though. Because I've noticed that intellectual people, it is real hard for them to give up that intellectual nature. Yeah. And then when, they, they're, when they're in school, whatever, they're really into it. And then they come out of school, they're crazy. Yep. They're like a nutcase. And so when they get into the Bible, they get into the Bible in the same way they get into secular knowledge. They just go from one thing to another.
It's like an addiction. It's true. But I'm not a Bible thumper. Right. I'm just trying to learn the big, the big picture. So even though you're really into it, you're not a Bible thumper? Well, because I don't, you know, Bible thumpers will kind of like zoom in on one verse and then just say a million things about it. But I, I, I try to like let that go and kind of just back up from it. Yeah. But I still try to, you know, survey the land, if that makes sense. Have you read the whole Bible yet? No. Oh, I was hoping you didn't say 12 times. <laughs> Wait, what? I was hoping you oh. didn't say you read it 12 times no. already. I read it in parts, and I've yet to sit beginning to end. Right on. Uh, we had this commercial on the show that said, this guy said he read the Bible all the way through, and he became an atheist. <laughs> That's what would happen. Uh, okay. Uh, how about you? Are you a slave to your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to say yes, because if I didn't notice one, it's almost like not noticing all of them, sort of. Um, Give me an example of you being a slave to your thoughts. Some thoughts you can see coming down the road, and then other thoughts sort of surprise you that they got in your house without you noticing. But you come out of it, but... Because of that, they get in the house sometimes. Yeah. I would say I'm still a slave because they pick the lock. So, yeah. That's a good analogy. Very interesting. How about here? I'm talking to the guys first because we talked about it with the ladies. And, uh, and, I, and I'll get to you in a minute. Are you a slave to your thoughts? No, I'm not a slave to my thoughts. And why do you say no, you're not? Because I used to... I used to think that they were me, and I no longer think like that at all. Give me an example of being a slave to thoughts. I can give a practical example that everybody can relate to. Get into an argument with someone or a disagreement or a boss at work says something that you don't like, and then you go home, you have a conversation in your car while you're riding. Well, if he says this to me, I, I'm going to say this or well, he better not say nothing to me like that. Who do you think he is? And then you have a conversation, and then you get in the shower, and you have that same conversation, and you play it back. So when you get to Isn't work. is like crazy? You're fighting <laughs> with somebody, and they're not even around. So when you get to, so when you get to work, you're ready for so it. That is so true. Right? Yeah. You're ready. Yeah. And then they don't, it don't even play out like that. Right. So you're saving this that you want to throw out, but you can't even use it. Yeah. That's, That's a just good example. slavery to thoughts. Yeah. And, it, and it doesn't, that situation didn't even exist anymore. That happened back then. It's gone. That's and, amazing. And so I'm no longer, I don't, I don't deal like that anymore in my mind. Yeah. I let things come and go. And I'm not a slave to it. So. Nice. Yeah. Did you have your hand? Yeah. Yeah. No, I just want to say the guy who said when he became a Christian, it was but, so Make sure you don't bring up what we talked about, slave to thoughts. Right? Oh, no. Okay. It, it was a little different. Okay. Just like I said, he was doing so much research, and, and it's hard. I feel the opposite. Like, I'm only a Christian because it's, like, the laziest way to, like, go. Like, you don't have to do anything. God does everything. Because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, like, um, I wouldn't, I have been told I'm an intellectual, but those people can't just see. Because I just tell God, let me see. And I say, God, I know you know everything, so you better tell me because I'm on your side, and I need to know everything. And if he doesn't tell me everything, then I know he's a op. You know he's what? He's like a, he's um on the enemy 
the side. What? Opposition. There you go. Opposition. (laughs) That's what I meant to say. So I was just saying, if he's not telling, if you have to do research, that means you're not on God's side and you got to do some, you got to change your aura, you know? So maybe forgive in Jesse's words. Okay. Um, Did someone tell you, like when you were growing up, that you should be like that in the Bible? Be like that in the Bible? Really do all that research in the Bible. No, I mean, it was, I was just very curious. You know, I want to learn more about, I wanted to learn more about it. I don't think anybody ever told me that I needed oh, okay. to, uh, oh, well, actually, actually, yeah. No, no, sorry, let me take that back. Because um, there's people I talk to, it's like, oh, I'm a Christian, and they're like, oh, but, you know, do you read your Bible? Do you go to church every Sunday? They, like, they have all these rules that you have to follow. Yeah. So growing up, actually, I just remembered that that was tough. That's where it came from. Really, it started there. It's funny, a a person can think that they are Christian because they read the Bible. How dumb is that? You've got to be dumb to believe that. Oh, you're a Christian? Yes. Do you read the Bible? Sometimes. You go to church? Sometimes. Then you're not a Christian. It's insane. Um, Have you forgiven your parents? Yeah. Okay, good. Are you doing the prayer? Yes. So would you like to let that go where you're so desperate with all this stuff? I still feel like I have a curiosity like to learn more. And it's okay to read it, but not to be overwhelmed by it. Yeah, so that part I would like to let go. You'd like to let that go? Yeah. Okay. And you can too. We'll get to it in a minute. Um, are you a slave... To your thoughts? Yes. And give me an example of being a slave to, to your thoughts. I mean, I liked what everyone was saying. Like, this guy over here about, um, like, you'll get a thought and you're like, oh, my goodness, I didn't even realize that that could get in my house, quote, unquote. And then, of course, like what Anthony's saying, you're in the shower and you're literally just talking to yourself and it's unreal. So give me an example of you being a slave to your thoughts. Um, I'm going to think of something like uh, just dumb, like just getting mad about like washing dishes. Like if you just do them, then it's over. And, you know, it's not a problem anymore. Like just just like not thinking. I don't know. I don't know what to say or what I'm saying either. You don't? No, because I can't so really you're just like... you talking, you don't know what you're saying? No. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Talk about being a slave to thought, huh? Do you know where you are right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I don't have anything to say. Oh, okay. I really want to encourage y'all, you got to start paying attention. Seek first the kingdom of God in his right way. It's going to blow your mind. We'll get to all that. Are you a slave to your thoughts? I want to say no, but yes. Why do you want to say no? (laughs) Because I want to be right. Oh, you want to be right. But I did think about it since Thursday. Yeah. And yes. And give me an example of what it means. 
a thought that you're a slave. I mean, what it mean for you to be a slave to your thoughts, to the thoughts? Uh, so I had like an issue at my job, and I brought it to my boss's attention, and so she scheduled like a meeting to talk about it. And so ahead of the meeting, I was like, okay, I got to think about what I'm going to say and like what I want to get across instead of just letting it happen and letting it flow naturally. Because I thought somehow I could control the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And why did you, did you know at the time you were doing that? Not at the time, but, you know, I was talking to Troy about it and I was like, oh, what should I say? And, you know, what should I, what are the bullet points I should mention? Um, And he was like, well, you shouldn't think about it at all. You shouldn't have any thoughts about it. So that helped me to see. You were able to let it go then? Yeah. Oh, okay. What did it feel like when you were planning it out like that? (laughs) What was the feeling that came with that? It's like this, uh, I guess the best way I could describe it is like a rush, uh, like that in my body of like, okay, like I've got to figure it out. I've got to like know um, how to get through it. I think it's like for me uh, to control it so that I'm not surprised what the outcome is or I'm not caught off guard. Or I'm not pre- unprepared. Amazing. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Are you a slave to your thoughts? Yeah. You are. Give me the slave thought example. Um, I don't know if it's a, like a particular thought, but it's more like <clears throat> somebody was saying you can kind of see the thoughts coming and you become more aware and you can, if you're watching yourself, see those thoughts coming. But for me, it's more seeing them coming and also entertaining them, keeping them around a little bit. And, you know, you might think, or I might think that I can see this thought, but the fact that I'm not letting it go, to me, I'm still a slave to that because I'm keeping it instead of just letting it go. Uh, Can you give me an example of a thought? The good thoughts, like if I'm in my imagination. like uh, Oh, the good thoughts? mm -hmm. You kind of hold on to those? I hold on to those sometimes, yeah. Amazing. And what does that feel like to feel good? Oh, we have good thoughts. It's not even, I don't really, I can't even say that I really feel good. It's just entertaining it. It's, I guess, not being present, right? It's not paying attention to what else is going around and instead giving light to this little idea that's, oh, it's nice. And you hang on to it for a little longer than you should instead of just seeing it and brushing it off. Interesting. And how about you? And see, we talked about this with the ladies already. Yes. Are you a slave to your thoughts? No. And why do you say, what does it feel like not to be a slave to thought? What's that like? Free. It feels free. Freedom. It feels free. Freedom from being a slave. Can you, <laughs> can you give me an example of a slave thought that you at one time had? Oh, I think um, Anthony, I think he said it perfect. Um, just going constantly in your mind, in your imagination, going over things, going over scenarios, what you're going to do, what you're going to say, how you're going to be making decisions, all that when you look at yourself, when you do the silent prayer and really watch and really be aware and the light starts to come in, all those things start to go away and you don't have to worry about anything. You just live in the moment and that's freedom. It feels free. So can you give me another example other than his example? Um, the people like to take the easy road. Making de- out. Ma- <laughs> I, I like what they said. 
It was good, though. It was perfect. Right, but um, don't be stealing somebody else's thought. <laughs> There's more than one thought, you know? <laughs> um, making decisions, setting up in your mind about any particular thing and going over it and, like, this is how I'm going to do what I'm going to do it, trying to be in control of, of a situation and just not letting go of being in the imagination. Okay. All right. How about you? Are you a slave to your thought? Your first time here. This is exciting. You like what you hear so far? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is new. Are you a slave to thoughts? I'm going to say yes, for sure. Nice. Give me an example you've been a, a thought that you're a slave to. I would say, like, in general, being a bad communicator, not wanting to have awkward conversations, and my thoughts will tell me, oh, like, it's going to be awkward, or my brain will come up with every excuse to not have a conversation that I need to have, to not say how I'm feeling, or, oh, it's a bad time, I should probably come back later, or, oh, maybe next week, like, it'll be better when everything slows down, and it never does. Your brain, if you don't want to do something, or something's uncomfortable or awkward, your brain is going to, my brain tells me, like, every excuse it can to not, to not talk to someone, to not, you know, tell someone how you feel. Um, and I think I kind of have to kind of step, step back and think, okay, well, if you don't do this, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to get better. You kind of have to, it's not supposed to be fun. (laughs) You just have to do it. I think that's something I've been trying to work. I'm not perfect at it, but I'm definitely trying to do you want to become perfect at it? I don't know if I can ever achieve perfection. Why not? But I feel like it's always going to be... It's not necessarily that I want the thoughts to go away. I want to learn how to overcome them. I don't right. think that they're ever going to completely go away, but I want to learn to kind of tell my own, tell my own self, like, like that, d- don't listen to that. Like, you have to do this or... It's okay. Amazing. <laughs> so when you're listening to thoughts, who are you listening to? Are you listening to yourself or someone else? I don't know. It feels, it, it's, it is, it's myself. It's in my brain because I know that th- this is like what I, what I want to do, but just like thoughts will come up like, oh, like, do you really want to have this conversation? It's going to be really awkward. Do you really want to so, put yourself here? So if you telling you, do you really want to have this conversation? Or telling me maybe it'd be better to do it at another time, but so we have two yous, two me's, yeah. And so this you say, hey, you need to go and do it. This you say, no, don't do it. But this you say, yeah. So isn't that weird that all these people live inside of your head? Yeah, it's a little <laughs> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think there's there are two you in one body? I think that is a really good question. Um, I think the dichotomy comes from like there's my higher self that knows what the best thing to do is, and then there's the other side that would rather take the easy way out, and they're always in conflict. And so, do you do you sometimes wonder who am I talking to when you have this conversation in your head, bouncing back and forth? Who, who is your, you say you have a, liar, a higher self and a lower self? Who is the lower self? 
I let herself is the one that gives in to my, is a slave to my <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> and who is the highest there? The person that wants to overcome those thoughts. So how did you become two people? I don't know. Do you have an answer? And then you got the real you, so there's three of you, right? It's a I'm lot sorry. of people. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird that all these people made a home of you? Yeah. And you think that they're you. I'm sorry? I'm not sure. So if they are you, why don't you get rid of one of them? I feel like easier said than done. I'm sorry? I said I feel like it's easier said than done. To get rid of one of them? Mm-hmm. If you could get rid of one, who would it be? The higher self or the lower self? My lower self. So why don't you get rid of it? Are you in control? I want to be, but... She keeps coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Uh, so you can't get rid of the lower one. Or you can get rid of the higher one and keep the lower one. It's up to you. And I'm going to tell you how in a minute. But it's interesting thinking about that right now, right? And you never wonder, who am I talking to? Who's talking to me? Who? You have... Speaking to the mic? Yes. yes and, sir. But you didn't come up with an answer? No. Uh, and when you ask your father, Dad, who am I talking to in my head? And what does he say? I haven't asked him yet. You never asked him that? How about your mother? My mom? No. I kind of, <laughs> who am I talking to in my head? Sounds weird out loud. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't know. <laughs> It sounds weird, and you don't want to what? Said I don't want anyone thinking I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Every human being on earth is insane. They're doing the same thing. Yeah. Did you know that? It's comforting to know that I'm not the only one who goes through this. No, every human being. There's not one that don't go through it. Mm-hmm. Really, everybody crazy. That's why the world is crazy. The people crazy. Are you close to your father or your mother? I'm definitely closer to my mom. Yeah. Have you forgiven her? Yes. Oh, you went to and told her you forgive her? Yes. That was a very, (laughs) that was was definitely an example where like I should have done it sooner, but I didn't because my thoughts were telling me that it wasn't a good time. It wasn't a good time. Yeah. And you didn't listen to that? Did you listen to that for a while or you decided I'm going right and do it? I listened to that for a long time. How did you realize you need to go forgive your mother? Did your friend tell you or you realized it on your own or what happened? Um, when I like went away to college and like she wasn't around, that's when I realized that she wasn't always going to be around. Like we weren't always going to be not even just living together, but in general. And so I was like, I missed her, and I was like, I missed her, but I still have the opportunity to tell her how I feel, so I might as well do it. And how about your father? Me and my father have have always had a good... I'm sorry? Me and my father have always had a good relationship, so... Oh, good. That's amazing. Yeah. So what did your mother say? Did she say, thank you for telling me the truth, or did she cry? She cried. Yeah, they always do when they want to hide from the truth. 
but that's good. I'm going to show you in a minute, or at least tell you how to overcome that, those two people in your head. And everybody, when you look around, you see people, everybody crazy. Mm -hmm. You're not the only one dealing with that. All right? That's good. <laughs> that's good. Okay. Um, how about you? Are you a slave to your thoughts? I would say yes and no. Yes and no? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and why do you say yes and no? Because um, I feel like I'm now aware of the thoughts, whereas before I was still kind of going back and forth and debating if all thoughts were lies, you know, because of the good ones. Right. Um, but now I understand that they all are. So now I'm seeing, catching them and being like, oh, okay. And then, so to like, I don't use the word process because I don't know that word. I don't like that word. But like, yes and no. <laughs> give me it's that, getting a lot better. Can you give me a slave thought that you have sometimes? What it is to be a slave to them? What type of thought you get that? Well, like practical ones like, oh, I need to go work out, but like I can't be bothered. So like I'd make an excuse in my head to want to do it later. Um, so, so you make those excuses? Yeah, but I'm catching the excuse now. And I'm getting on with it and just doing it rather than making the excuse. Oh, okay. And ignoring it. Why would you make an excuse not to go to the gym or work out? Because I'm being lazy. So I'm you just... would want to go, but then you would talk yourself out of it? Yeah, like I want the results of the gym, but do I want to make the effort to actually go? And so why do you think that you telling yourself that? Well, I know it's not. Oh, okay. I know now it's not. So yeah. now I'm ignoring that and doing what I'm supposed to do. All right. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. How about you? Are you a slave to your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to come to you right after her. Yes. Can you give me an example of being a slave to thoughts? Um, just getting challenged like every week. Um, I can give you an example of a time where um, I recognized that somebody was being manipulative towards me, especially now listening to you more. And I had the thoughts coming in telling me to stoop down to their level, give them the energy back. And I decided to recognize that that was a thought from the devil and um, not give in to it. And that was hard, but. A perfect example. You never, ever, ever want to go to so, down to someone's level. That's where the devil wants you. Very good. And do you recognize now that these thoughts are not you? Yes, um, not all of them. Um, it, it basically it has to be a time where I'm busy or when I'm um, not realizing that that thought is not me. But um, if I'm quiet, if I do the silent prayer, if I'm if I check myself that day then most of the time I'll be able to see the thoughts, but sometimes they come when I'm just distracted. Or Yeah, amazing. You're 19, right? Yes. Man, you're so fortunate to be catching on to this so young, and you're born a lot of grief. Really. Amazing. Are you a slave to your thoughts? I would say yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah. And... Give me an example of the yes one. 
of being in control of my thoughts? Being a, being a slave to them. Oh, to being a slave to my thoughts? Yeah. I would say having, like, narcissistic, narcissistic, narcissistic tendencies of, like, thinking about how you're perceived by other people yeah. and always trying to, like, just, like, make please everyone um, and definitely, like, having those thoughts take over is kind of, like, annoying because I don't want to do that. See, I tell you, everybody crazy. You didn't know he was like that, right? Dealing with that. Everyone deal with it. Not one. Everyone that's born through the mother dealing with it around the world. Go ahead, buddy. But yeah, just like knowing that I'm not like in control of that and it's just like something that is always going to be there. It's like there's some situations where you just can't like control it, but just knowing knowing that It'll it'll win sometimes, no matter what happens. And okay. It, um, did, before today, did you ever think of it as being a slave to the thought? I would say no, because that's like a really small portion of like my total personality, and like, but that one's the boldest. Right. I I would say I'm in control of most of like my person and like thoughts, but like that part is just. Can't, Give can't me a it. thought that you're in control of. That I'm in control of, I would say like, like a drive for, like success. Like that drives like all, all of my thoughts to be positive. Like it, not having 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 positivity as the main thing. It's like I want to thrive. I want to drive for positivity, and that keeps me in control of all my thoughts because I know. I don't want anything negative in my thoughts because it'll drive me away from what I really want. And so you have a drive to be successful and positive. Yes. And where do you get those thoughts from? Where do I get those thoughts from? Yeah. I feel like it's just like from, it's just like a fire like inside me. Like I just want to be like, I want to I be good at what I, what I do and I really love it. And if it's something that interests me, like, I want to go and be the best at it. And why? Why? I would say t what it really comes down to is just, like, to feel fulfilled, like, to be good at a lot of things and to be, like, have an in-depth knowledge of a lot of things is just, like, really, really something that I'm passionate about. Really? And so to have this drive to be successful, be the best at it. The best, better than who? I mean, I better wouldn't say than like all the rest. yeah, b better than all the rest. But like, <laughs> it's just I would say it's just like a competition of like myself. Like, I know I can get better, but I can always know that there's there's like somebody. Not that not that I'm like competing with other people because I I would love to see everybody else like be successful at what they do. But like, it's like be I don't know. I don't really know how to like explain it. Like, I want to prove to myself that I can do something and. But you say you want to be the best at it. Mm -hmm. How would you know you're the best at it if you're not comparing it with someone else? That it, you are right. You're right there. <laughs> so it's like you never, you never like, you always need to compare it to, to perceive that you are. And, you, and, and, and that's a free thought or a slave thought? Um, I still would say that's a, that's a free thought. That's a free thought? Yeah. So you believe that it's freedom to compare yourself to someone else and try to be the best? I would I wouldn't say that's freedom, but like I don't think of it as like I'm always comparing myself to somebody, maybe I'm comparing myself to myself. 
um, and like just different parts. You compare yourself to yourself? Yeah, it's like I know I'm at this point right now, but I know I can be better at this. I know I can be better at this. So which self are you comparing it to? Like, say that again? You compare yourself to yourself. I'm comparing my current self to my future self. What? Like, I want, I know that, like... Where's the future? Like, I just try to think of myself in the future doing, like... From when I, when I start something, I, I always have an end goal and to see ways that I can get to my end goal. And where is the future? Where is the future? Well, the future's in my head. <laughs> the future's in my head until I experience it. Oh, yeah. And so, so your higher self is to compare and be your best. Mm-hmm. And how do you, have you ever been the best at anything? Um, I would say no. I'm but sorry? I would say no, but that's good because it always gives me a reason to keep going forward. Oh, so you really don't want to be the best. You just want to think you, comp- you want to be the best? I just, I wouldn't say like that like that, but I just, wanna, I just wanna always strive to be good at something. And, and why, like, I'm sorry, why? Why? Um, it's like, yeah, it, it, dri- it drives me just... I want to be good. I want to be good at a lot of things because I want to live a life that's fulfilling. That I didn't just—I wasn't just good at one thing. I was able to have a multitude of different, different interests and beliefs. And, what, and that would—you believe that that will fulfill you? Yeah, to have as many opportunities as possible. So, do you have a? How many people can relate to that? Can you see your hand? See everybody like that, and nobody fulfill yet. Mm-hmm. Is it amazing? Um, what does it feel like not to be fulfilled? What is that feeling? You had your hand? No. Oh, okay. What, it mean, what is it like to not be fulfilled? What does that feel like? I would say it's like like when you go on a roller coaster and you like drop your stomach like drops. It's just like I feel like I, I'm, missing, I'm missing something at that point. Yeah. And it's like you kind of can't you kind of can't control it because it's not only a mental thought but it's a physical feeling. Yeah. So it's like your body your body is also acting on this thought as opposed to just your mind. Yeah. So it just makes it like heavier and harder to deal with. I understand that, and you're absolutely right. Um, what made you think being successful will fulfill that, um, or being the best? Um, I would say being successful would fulfill that because it means that that would happen less often. It doesn't mean that it's not going to happen ever, but it just means that you you cherish when it, when it does happen because you know that you know that it's never always going to be that way. Amazing. And when you talk to your father about that, what does he say? Um, I honestly haven't talked about this with my father. Why not? I just wouldn't say it was something that I ever thought about until. I, Came into this room. Oh, I see. And um, are you close to your father? Yeah. And how about your mother? Are you close to her? I'm much closer to my mother, but yeah. Then you are your father? Yeah, but and, like and I'm still very that? close. I would just say that um, my mother was always like comfort. Like she always made sure that she was in charge with like our school stuff and like our homework and stuff like that. So like she would be, she would understand what I was learning, 
So she was able to, I was able to like tell her what I learned every day. And that just made me closer because I would share like my interest with her a lot more. Would you prefer to be closer to your mother or your father? I would prefer to be close to both of them. I don't want to be closer than one or the other. So why are you drawn closer to your father then? I'm still very close to my father. I just feel like I talk to him less often, but when we do talk, it's it's like on a deep level. But I call my mom every single day, and I'll talk to my dad if he's in the area. But like when I do talk to my dad, it's I'm with him like in person. Oh, I see. And why do you call your mom? How old are you? Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah. Why do you call your mother every day? I just like to decompress from work um, and just like talk to her about like what. Just stuff going on and, like, just checking in my, on my mom. I mean, I don't really... I haven't seen my mom... I see my mom, like, what, like, two times a year? And, like, she's delicate. She has a heart condition, so I always want to make sure... She's delicate? She has a, yeah, she has a heart condition. So it's, like, I always want to make sure that I can talk to my mom at least one time, one time a day or at least, like, four to five times a week. Whoa! Because, because it's, like, you, you, you don't know when things can happen because stuff has happened and, like, it makes you... Oh, okay. Makes you focus on that. What do you think about that? Did you know that about him already? No. Hearing that... You, you guys are friends, right? I mean, I... Yeah. We, I yeah. Really, yeah. Oh, you don't know him that well? No, I know her more so. Oh, so he's your friend? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So what do you think? Do, wait, hold on for a minute. You call your mom every day, too? No, but, I mean, I talk to her, though. How often? You live with your mother? No. Oh, how often do you call your mother? Um, maybe, she, she probably calls me three times a week, two times a week. She calls you two or three times a week? Probably, yeah. Does she or not? Yes, yeah. And do you call her? Uh, occasionally, yeah. And when she calls you, do you wonder, why are you calling me so much? What do you want? <laughs> no, it's, it's fine, though. It's fine? Yeah, she lives by herself, so... No, nice. doesn't have anyone else Nobody to really like talk her. to. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so hearing your friends say that, what, what do you think about that? Well, I didn't know that. You so. didn't know that. You thought you were the only one crazy, right? Yeah. See? I did think that I was the only one who's crazy. Because <laughs> I feel like it, like, moving through the world, you just assume that everyone else has it together and that yeah. you're the only one who's, like, not th- not thinking the right way or right. Not, doesn't have it all it's figured out. It's not like out. that at air. Everybody's insane. Everyone. Some people are working with overcoming it. Most are not. Most people end up on antidepressant medication, smoking pot. They, they try to escape that. But everybody's insane. There's not one. All right? Um, did you have your hand? Uh-huh. I was just telling him, I just was really interested in what he said, because I have definitely gone through that. Like, I always want to be better, I want to be better. And then I realized, like, wow, like, I'm never going to be better than God. You know, I'm playing, maybe I'm, like, kind of playing God in a way, always trying to be the best. And, like, I'm never going to be better than God. And then someone told me, like, get off my high horse because, like, everyone is kind of a narcissist, but, like, the ultimate narcissist is God, and we're never going to be more of a narcissist than God because he's, like, perfection. And I just strive for perfection, but now I'm just, like, I don't need to strive for perfection because also someone told me that, like, if you are perfect love, then you're just already perfect. So 
Amazing. So that's why I would just say, be a little cautious. Like, you can always try to be bettering yourself, but you don't have to be, like, striving for, for perfection or, yeah. like, because then I, when I would do that, I would kind of fall into the trap of playing God. Right on. Let me take, let me, I have one more question for him, Raymond, then I come to you. And then I got to kind of, the time is going by, like, not even going, no. Let me ask you, have you forgiven your mother yet for the little things she irritate you about? No, because there's, I don't think that there's any reason for me to forgive her because she hasn't done anything. She that, did nothing wrong while you were going up. She did nothing up. wrong. Like, I mean, like, everybody raises kids differently. Um, and, like, I don't know how other people were raised on the day-to-day. But, like, I'm sure you're always going to have your ups and downs with anybody. And, like, I wouldn't take the way that she raised me any other way. So I, I'm just thankful for it. There's nothing for me to forgive about it. Um, so she was perfect. I wouldn't say she was perfect, but she just did the best thing that that she always. Our best interest was in her best interest. Did can you give me an example of one thing she would do when you were growing up that would irritate you sometimes, and that you would, wish you would stop? I would I would say like let me have a little bit more like freedom. Like we were kind of a little bit sheltered just because like it was like as a mother like you just want to protect your kids from like everything like the world is crazy um and just like we were a little bit we were a little bit sheltered until a little bit later me and my brother um and i wish we had like a little bit more opportunity while we were younger to grow up but there's nothing i wouldn't take that back like it's just the experience that i that i've gone through so you happy that she sheltered you a little bit too much I wouldn't say I'm happy about it, but I'm not. I'm not upset about it either. Like it's just how how the how the world played out, how it played out. But if you're not upset about it, why do you get irritated with it when you think about it? I don't get irritated I mean, about beforehand. it beforehand. Wish you were doing. I mean, it. I was just like a kid. Like you just don't really have as much control of, of your emotions when you're a kid and just growing up. Like obviously, it's just like when you're around like the same people. Like emotions are a little bit different all the time. Emotions are what? Emotions are just like a little bit more sporadic. When you're um, around certain people? When you're around certain people, yeah. But like like I said, I was just like a kid. I didn't have control of my thoughts like that. So I feel like looking back on it, I would have handled it differently. But like I said, I, I don't. I never like to change anything about the past because that's what's molded me now. That's what? That's what's molded me now. The past is molding you now? Yeah. Every, the past is always a learning experience, no matter how it happens. And where's the past? Like, literally, every, the past is every second that's not the current second. So where's the past? Where is the past? Like, not at this moment. Like, I'm confused at that question. Like, I can't gauge the past. Okay. So one last thing about that, I think. Uh, so are you surprised that you're emotional like your mother? Um. I would say I'm surprised because when I was growing up, I always thought I was a lot more a lot more aligned with my dad on a lot of like issues and just like how we handled our, our lives. Right. Um, but then like finding out that like as I went to college and like kind of matured a little bit, like I was actually m- more aligned with like my mother's um, my mother's like ways and point of view and stuff like that. But I'm still I'm still equal, but I just like seeing that shift from what when right. I when I actually like could observe it, it was like, whoa. Do you want to overcome being like her emotionally? I wouldn't say overcome. I'm not like her emotionally. Um, like, 
Yeah, I'm not like I'm not like her emotionally. I'm just my own my own person. But you became like her. You were surprised to find it out. Did you overcome that? Um, I wouldn't say I overcame it, but it it was just like oh wow, like like I guess I was more, me and my mom kind of agreed on more stuff. So it's like oh wow, like seeing that transition. It was like it's like oh I didn't know I was this clo- I was as close to my mom as I was now. Now that I'm away from her. Now that you're away, yeah. Do you you like being close to her? I love close it. Close like her. I love it. That's my mom. Wow, I understand it. Mm-hmm. I do understand it. Yes, Raymond. And then I come to you. This is this helping a little bit. Yes. Is this is helping? Is helping? Nice. Is helping a little bit. Nice. Yes, Raymond. Just Are like, you a slave to your thoughts? You yes, your I am. <clears throat> Give me an example. When there are times that whenever I begin to pray and uh, silently pray, I feel that a part of me, uh, part of me, a very dark part of me, wants to scream out, refuse to accept, accept the stillness, and wants to scream out. There, t- in those times when I either yell or scream, scream at. Out because um, uh, I'm that part is not used to that stillness. Amazing. Okay. Yes. Just uh, real quickly about forgiveness. Um, I think he was mentioning that um, he believes that everything that he experienced and went through is what made him today. So he doesn't see a need to forgive. But this is kind of like the revelation I got about that. Um, When we are traumatized when we're younger by our parents, even if we don't remember, there's still a six- or seven-year-old, eight-year-old child inside of you that's screaming out that did get angry about what was done to them. And what happens is it gets suppressed, and we forget about that. And that same six-, seven-year-old child is inside of us today screaming out. And that's when we have to forgive, and then that child is free, even if we don't remember it. And the hardest person in the world to forgive is mama. It'll be, it's like trying to forgive Hitler. <laughs> uh, and mama is the one you got to forgive. You got to forgive, and we'll get to it in a minute, but you got to forgive your mother because you should not be emotional. You should not be like her at all. She has recreated you in her image. And in that image, you think that is you, and it's not. And that's why you can't find peace, because you're not yourself. You are your mother. You have her mindset, her emotions. This. I wouldn't say that. I'm honestly like I'm not. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on a minute. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Um, I'm not like upset that I'm like being like my mother. It's just like it's cool to realize like you. You're the creation of two different people. And the way that you thought you were a mixture of those two people when you were younger versus when you mature, it's like, oh, like you start to you start to see similarities and differences like that. Right. And I would I wouldn't say it's like anything that like makes me upset. It's just like kind of like a self revelation. It's like this is this is who I am. This is like how this is this is just me so being two people. That's the way you are now is who you are. Yeah. Oh, OK. I understand it, man. That's amazing. Yes, sir. And we'll come back to that. Yes. Jesse, I am a slave to my thoughts. 
Oh, you finally realized it. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> what? Give me an example. What Overthinking. You know, yeah. thinking too much about the right or wrong answer. That's what was going on earlier. I was like, I had a pre-made answer on the way over here, and it didn't flow how I expected it to. <laughs> yeah. I'm a slave to my That's thoughts. a good example of a slave. Oh, a perfect example. Nice. Yes. Are you slave? You raise your hand about your thoughts. Then? Yeah. Are you a slave to your thoughts? No. And why do you say no? Because I'm a slave to the now. To the who? Now. And what does that mean to be a slave to the now? Well, I realize that like when it says you can't serve two masters at the same time. The same way we are a slave to Satan when we believe the thoughts or we believe in the future and the past, like this young gentleman. Uh, when we stay in the present and stay in the now, we are slave to God. Um, so, and kind of what you were saying about what Nick might be reading later about the knowledge. The knowledge is at war with the wisdom. And the more we hold on to the knowledge, we can't let the fruits of the spirit of the wisdom work through us, um, which keeps us in that present, in, in his presence, in that, in that moment. Um, so were you ever a slave to thoughts? Yes. Give me an example of being a, what type of thought you were having that made you a slave. Um, like he would say, like, oh, I got this fire in me to want to, you know change the world or you know see injustice and want to like uh burn down you know tear down the building like mandela or something like that like think that you have this greater cause that you're supposed to do um but with that it's funny because people want to feel good he mentioned feel good people want to feel good but we don't want to be good the feeling is about like feeding the ego of making you think oh in the future i'm gonna be this and it makes you feel good for a moment yeah and it keeps you from being good in the present nice amazing um did you have your hand okay go ahead Um, are you a slave to your thought no thoughts you're not no and why do you say no um because I, uh, I, I very much live in the present moment, sometimes uh, to my detriment, but like, you know, like I am on a string living my life in the moment. I didn't know how to define it before. Um, the, this message and getting closer to God has helped see it, right? I can see what it is. But no, I'm not a slave to my thoughts anymore because I'm very much in the moment. What do you mean sometimes to your detrimental? Oh, well, sometimes it's just like, uh, I think, uh, like a practical example would be like my work. I schedule things out and I'll wake up one day and I'll just be like, oh, what a nice Wednesday morning. Like, I feel like I got just like this beautiful day. I could do whatever I want. There's nothing to do. And then I'll look at my calendar and be like, oh, in an hour I got to meet a client like right now because I, I totally wasn't even, until that hour came up, I was just, I wasn't ready. I wasn't preparing for the future. I wasn't worrying about the past. And my my example of a slave thought, I would think, would be like thinking you can one control the future, which we heard over on that side. Like, and two that you can change the past. 
you can't do either. They're gone. And so you believe that being a non-slave to thought can be to your detrimentary? No, I just know that the you thing that... You said you did. No, I said that... You said sometimes to my detrimentary. I, I, I pick my words very carefully. I, you uh, didn't say that? No. I, what I said was... Was that old one heard that? Well, what I said was... Did you say was, sometimes to my detrimentary? No. I never said the word detrimentary in my What'd life. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> what? Huh? Jesse... Jesse, Wait a minute. What I said was, no, 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 don't move. Did anybody else hear him use that word, or was it just me? He used that word. Well, he just said he never used that word in his life. I, I said, I said the word detriment, not detrimentary. Well, whatever. You know what I'm saying. I, what, what I, what I said was, I live in the moment, which is why I'm not a slave to my thoughts. And the reason that and you I'm said not, sometimes to my detriment. No, I said I'm so in the moment that sometimes, in a practical way, it can be. Yeah, it can work to my detriment, but not really, because I'm happier living the way that I am. And all real questions, I don't understand how you can be present to your detriment. Well, we're understanding the difference between practical thoughts and non-practical thoughts, correct? Uh, so are you talking about practical thoughts? I was talking about in, a practi- in the practical world, right? There are times when living in the moment can disrupt my practical, you know, practical <sighs> scenarios like my business. But... It's still overall a positive because living in the moment is much more spiritually rewarding than not. So, sure, maybe my spiritual practice of not living in the past or the present and staying in this singular moment, maybe that could um, be disruptive to my practical business, right? For instance, how I run my business, but it's still not a negative. It's not something I'm going to change because I am living in the moment. would never be detrimental to your business or anything. Well, it hasn't been. My business grows great, but I'm saying it can be perceived that way. You know, some people might be like, oh, you know, it's hard to get a hold of you or it's hard to make a plan. And I'm just like, well, I'm not really making plans. I'm, I'm right here. You need me right now. I'm, I'm available. I'm in this moment, but I'm happy with how I run my business. I'm happy with how I started it, with the results. I'm happy with the way I live my life in the moment, on a string, in any circumstance. But for some others who might look upon it, they might have some feelings about it that don't align with mine, and that's okay. Okay. They might see it as a detriment, is what I maybe meant to say. You need to plan this. You need to get this ready, or you're not going to be able to five years from now. So that's that's maybe where we got confused. But my, my reason for saying I don't live in, I'm not a slave to my thoughts, is I really don't go backwards. I really don't go forwards, even in a, in a moment. Like, when she called me about her job, I just told her, there's nothing we can, there's nothing you can plan for. Like, you don't know. The only way you can plan for your meeting is if you know how it's going to go, and you don't know the future. Okay. You just can't do it. Nice. It's not possible. Yes. And then, Nick, I want you to read that for me. Yes. It's so I funny. Saw your hair, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I told Marissa, um, I'm like, I think I'm too present. She's like, there's that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but like, I'd understand what he's saying because. So you're too present too. Well, it's that was like all ego and you know, just the demon taking over. Because sometimes I thought like, oh, I'm living for the present, but then like you don't have any savings, and then you get like in a problem. So. That's also just, like, not differentiating between, like, practical thoughts, like preparing for your day maybe the night before or something like that versus, you know, just 
being lazy and like, oh, I'm depending on the Lord. But it's like, you're not, you're just, you know. Uh, um, so, but at one time you thought you could be too present? Yeah. But I don't think, I, I think I was just like lying to myself, you know. Oh, I see. Yeah. So the devil was lying to you. Right. Thank and you. And you believed it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Let, me, let me just read this. Yes. <laughs> yes. Biblical question? Yeah. Read that about the knowledge and the spirit. So, um, so this has a lot to do with our biblical question, right, Nick? Yeah. Okay. So I think it's Paul, and he's writing, his, this is out of Corinthians, and he's talking to the church of Corinth, I believe. <laughs> and back then you had to, like, something they did is have, like, letters of recommendation. The preachers would have, like, letters of recommendation or whatever. Right. Anyway, so here's Paul in 2 Corinthians 3 saying, Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. And, and so he's, that's like the letter to Corinth. And he ends off here with, uh, basically he ends off here with, um, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Absolutely. You understand that? So when you're all into the Bible like that, you're killing it. it the letter, it feeds the intellect, and it kills the soul. In the New Testament, we're to be born of the spirit, but you got to let the intellect go. All that you've learned, all that you know, all you've heard, about God and life, you have to let it go so you could be born of the Spirit. Then you will see everything would naturally work out and you would never compare yourself to anyone. There's no one to compare to. You would never want to be like anyone. You would never anything but just live. Let me ask this. How many of you worry sometimes? And how many of you get fear sometimes? How many of you uh, think about what others think about you sometimes? Um, how, about, how about get lonely? Once in a while you feel lonely. Okay. How about uh, once in a while you have doubt? Okay. Uh, once in a while you feel happy. <laughs> and then sometimes you feel unhappy. Okay, nice, huh? Hate. Let me ask hate, and that's the that I proceed from that because the time is. Hate, do you. Um, are you a slave to thoughts? Yeah. Give me an, ex- <laughs> <laughs> Give me an example of being a slave to thoughts. A thought that you enslaved to. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, earlier this week, I was uh, in my head kind of imagining what another person was thinking and, and feeling, and it was really messing with me. That's a slave. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> mess. Yeah. What a mess. So, so. I don't have time. I feel like it might be helpful. 
I doubt it, but that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's try it. With the intellect, honestly, it's so scary because once you realize, like, you only know the Bible and you get rid of that, you're like, oh, my gosh, I am not a Christian. So, like, that's why I think it's so hard to, like, stop being intellectual because what else do you have? Nothing. That's a good question. What else do you have? Thank you. You really have nothing anyway. Anyone that's into the intellect have nothing. It's all an illusion. You can, you can live in the biggest house on the mountain. You can have uh, bodyguards and buku money and have friends everywhere. You have nothing. You literally have nothing because it's all an illusion. Um, so all those things I just named, if you have any of those, fear or doubt or worry or competing or, want, or care about what someone else think about you or trying to impress or afraid to speak up or any of that, then you're a slave to thoughts. You are a slave to thoughts because you believe in a lie. If you're afraid to go and forgive your mothers and your fathers, especially mama, it's easier to go and forgive daddy than it is mama because mama has recreated your, her image and you think that it's you and it's not. And because of your anger toward mama, you're afraid to go face her because the devil is telling you and you think that it's you. Oh, mama going to cry. Mama did her best. Mama this. And it's keeping you from going free because it wants to enslave you by preventing you from forgiving. But anytime you have this emotional stuff, whatever you want to name it, you are a slave to that. Any emotion. God is not an emotional God. That's why when you really overcome all by forgiving, and you, you will overcome all those thoughts, and when you overcome the thought, you overcome the emotions. You would never have fear. You would never have doubt. You would never be afraid. You would just let life happen without even thinking about it. You just let it happen. You wouldn't try to control anything. And life will happen naturally. But the only way it's going to do it is that you got to forgive. Go and forgive your mother. Hey, I'm sorry for resenting you. I realize you did your best. But I see now I become like you and I can't help myself. So I, I, it made me realize that you can't help yourself. And don't ask mama for forgiveness because mama ain't going to forgive you. She'll say, I need to forgive you. <laughs> and she's the one created you, her image, and everything you've done is because of her. You're not yourself, right? And so not to forgive, you're a slave. The beginning of freedom is to forgive. And perfect love would take over the, the anger of your soul and it would destroy that and then it would destroy the ego nature which is the devil's nature it's not your own because you can't get rid of your ego nature you need the power of God to do it for you and he'll make a home in you and he will get rid of it but you and you'll be able to see and allow that to happen and it will destroy the intellect It'll get rid of it. And you will just use practical stuff, you know, going to the market, driving your car. But you will live by wisdom. You would know the truth, and the truth will make you free. But you got to 
resist learning this stuff. Even what we talk about here, you got to see yourself well enough to know you're just repeating what you hear. Because I notice that most people, when they speak, they go unconscious. Have you noticed that? Not even conscious of what they're saying. And you will get to a point where in your walk, meaning moving around, when you're speaking, you are aware of what you're saying rather than going unconscious and just saying stuff. And everybody around you see that it's stupid and dumb, but you think you're smart. <laughs> That's how the intellect would do you. And so all those things I just named, if you give in to any of those, you're a slave to thought. Because you can't have those feelings. It's like what you were saying, you can't have those feelings unless you have the thoughts. You, the thought and say, oh, you're going to run off the mountain. Now you feel afraid. And you end up running off the mountain. Or you try to avoid that mountain and run into another one. You got to, it's, it's weird. It's so weird. There are two lives. One is fake and one is real. This life from thoughts is a fake life. It's not even real. It doesn't exist. It does not exist. It's an illusion. But if you're in your head, it seems so real. It just seems real. The pain that comes with it causes you to believe that it's real. Isn't that crazy? I'm thinking it, I feel it, so it must be real. It's not real. It's just an illusion. The real world is within. When you love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might, you start living reality because you come out of the thought, out of the not you. You are not your thoughts. All thoughts are all lies all the time about anything. There's no such thing as a true thought. There is no future. There is no past. That's an illusion. So what I want to warn you about is that you got to watch. You got to be. You got to watch yourself. They're not you. You watch the not you. These are your thoughts. This is you. You become one with that. And it's hard to break away from it because you can't make yourself break away. When you forgive, the light of God will come in and he will come in and, and cause you to break away from that. Slowly but surely, a little light will mean everything. And a little light makes you want more light, makes you want more light. And then the devil going to, believe me, when you start breaking away, the devil going to scream at you. Where do you think you're going? He'll scream at you to try to pull you back in. The last thing the devil wants is for you to come out of here, out of the darkness. And most people love the darkness. They, they hate the light. 90% of people, 98% of people love the darkness. They love their misery. They love their hell. And if you try to take their hell away from you, they'll cut your throat. They love their misery. They excuse it. And everything, and they'll find somebody else to be miserable with. They'll draw you in. So anyone that has those thoughts and feelings and you give into it rather than just watching it and overcoming it, you're a slave to it. And if you just watch it without any opinion about it, don't judge it. Don't judge yourself. Have no opinion. You will, in due season, you get further and further away from the imagination. The light will destroy it, and then you'll be free. But you got to go through it. Don't protect the ego. You're not protecting you. You're protecting the not you. That makes sense? Yeah. 
You got to, and the pain feel like you. The embarrassment feel like you. But it's not you. There is no feeling to you. The real you. But you don't know who the real you is yet. Isn't that amazing? So watch those thoughts and let them pass. Make sure you do the silent prayer and let them pass. All right? Any questions about that? Yes. Uh, did I see your hand? Real fast. I guess I just think it's really interesting. Uh, and when Holly was speaking, it reminded me. Basically, like, we all, have, we all love God, right? We all following God. And, but then with everything we're talking about with the thoughts, it's like living in the future or the past or not in the present moment with God and the light of God. It's like faith just suddenly goes out the window. I'm going to have a meeting, so faith goes out the window. Or I love God. I love being a Christian. Um, so, like, the way I'm going to, like, love God is by, like, reading the Bible nonstop and doing research to make sure that, like, I'm loving the right God because if I'm not, well, that could be bad. And it's that satanic trick of, like, you don't love God enough. You're not. You, you sin too much. You're not like God. You're not good enough. So just give up. Stop trying to be, like, so good you can't do it. And it just, I guess it made me think it's, like, it's right. It's that moment, right, where like faith goes out the window, where you start listening to the thoughts, and it's like, if you slow down and you do the prayer, you can just let go, right? Know that if you fall, like that was meant to happen. If you if you fall and he catches you, great. Like, stay on the path and, and have faith in the hard moments. Like, actually have faith. So just say the word faith. Like, truly have it when you're struggling and you feel like your back's up against the wall. I, I told Sarah that it's like, where's your faith when these moments come up about your meetings? Where's the true faith you always speak about in God? Like, fall back and let it happen. Thank you. Listen, I want you to lay down your weapons. Lay your weapon down and let the war happen. Of ourselves, we can do nothing. And of ourselves, we know nothing. So you got to lay down your weapon. Stop fighting for the ego. You're helping the devil to destroy you. Don't compete. Just let life happen. Whatever's to happen, whether you call it good or bad, let it happen. Don't try to control it. And then keep your eye on yourself. And you'll see. You will see. God will show you. The light will shine. But you got to stop trying to control anything. Ain't nobody in this world in control of anything. Not one. I'm telling you, nobody's... The person with the Ph.D., the person with the preacher degree, bishop, pastor, whatever they call it, saint, whatever, right? Nobody, not one, is in control of anything. It's the ego got them thinking that they're in control, and they're not. Not one. Your daddy, your mama, your friends, your enemies are not in control. And as soon as you accept that, you can see that and let go. That's where you will start to live. You got to stop fighting. And when you, when you know you want to work out, right? The first thing the devil tell you, oh, not today. You know, how about later this afternoon? Or oh, you want to wash the dishes? Oh, leave me to sink until later. No, don't give in to that. Go wash them anyway. Just get up and go wash the dishes. Live in the present. Live in the present. You know you need to work out? Go work out. And if you notice everything you want to do, the devil trying to talk you out of it. And that's not you talking to you, but you, it's the devil talking to you. 
God does not do that. God keeps us in the moment, and we do what we need to do in the moment without effort. Without effort. All right? So do the silent prayer, stay with it, and watch those thoughts. Be still and watch. And stop identifying with them. But you must go and forgive. Forgive your mothers for recreating, recreating you in her image. And forgive your father for not protecting you. They could not help themselves. The same thing happened to them from their parents. And it goes on from generation to generation. All right. So if you want to be free, watch the not you. Don't do anything else about it. The light of God would take care of it. It's interesting how that is. That there's nothing you can do, there's nothing you need to do, but to watch it. So go to www.silentprayer.video. And for those who are doing a little hooping and hollering prayer, do you a little hooping and hollering? Oh, Lord. You're praying to the devil, really, but do you a little hooping and hollering? And then calm down, be still, and know God. He'll bring you out of it. Amazing. Thank you all. And thank you all for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. I hope that this was a little help in this today. Don't compare yourself to anyone. Don't join groups. You be an individual. And that doesn't mean you won't hang out and have fun and do what you do, but don't get a sense of identity from it at all. All right? And don't be a part of the gossiping and carrying on stuff. That's so evil. Because once you're a part of it, you become that. All right? God said to forgive. He didn't say to gossip or judge. And everybody going through this. It's a mess out there right now. So forgive. Started with mama and, and daddy. Don't ask for forgiveness. Hey, I'm sorry for resenting you. I realize now you can help yourself and all as well. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope this helped a little bit. Any announcement? Nick? No announcement. No announcement. Amazing. Take care. I appreciate it. Thank you all. I hope this helped. Oh, my God.